As we begin thinking about the topic of endurance this morning, I'd like to give us a little assignment to do. Again, if you're by yourself, you can do this on your own, kind of in the quietness of your heart, or you can jot some notes down. If you're doing it virtually, you can either do it uh, in your small group, sort of through Zoom or whatever you're doing with your family, whoever you're with. I've got six pictures uh, that go with the idea of endurance. And what I'd like you to do is just take a few minutes. We're going to actually put up a clock timer. Oh, we already have. And think through uh, these pictures, which one you might resonate with. I'd like you to just go around and pick one. There's not a right answer or wrong answer. Uh, just which one you resonate with when you think about the word endurance. So take just a couple of minutes uh, and either do that by yourself or go around your group and share which one you resonate with and a, and a brief word as to why. All right, did everybody have a chance to identify or pick one of the images? In just a minute, I'm going to talk through all six of them because I think all six of them in different ways give us an understanding of the idea of endurance. But before I do, let me invite you to take a Bible and turn to the book of Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. We have been going through the book of Titus this year at Calvary and thinking together about what it is that God has to say to us through this short but wonderful little book. And we're in the third mini-series, if you will, in the book of Titus, covering various topics. And this series we've entitled Quiet. And it's the idea that uh, some of the character traits and activities that perhaps the world doesn't pay much attention to, God values incredibly highly. And although I didn't know it eight months ago when the Lord picked the book of Titus for us to do, in many ways, these quality uh, characteristics, these traits, these activities are perfect for what we're going through as a nation and really in the whole world. We began a couple of weeks ago with the idea of temperance and self-control. And that is perhaps the most important quality to have in the midst of the trial in which we find ourselves with COVID-19 and really in, in regards to any trial uh, that we may be experiencing right now. Last week, we talked about how do you make decisions in the midst of difficult times that are worthy of respect. And so we talked about how to make decisions that are worthy of respect. I want you to look now, if you will, in Titus chapter 2, verse 2. The last phrase, Paul says, be sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. And this morning we're going to talk together about this concept of endurance. So let's start with our six pictures and we're going to kind of work through these. You might have picked this one. This is the uh, picture of an endurance runner. For lots of people, this is what they think of. They think of a person running a marathon. And what's powerful and helpful about this image is the idea of endurance has something to do with just continuing to take one step forward. When you feel like you've got nothing left in the tank, when you feel like you just can't possibly go any farther, the idea of endurance is you just keep moving forward. Just one foot in front of the other Keep going forward. Image number two. 
This is actually a picture from the Battle of the Bulge. This, along with D-Day, are the two most important battles for the Western Front for the Allies in World War II. Now, they're very different battles. D-Day is an offensive battle. This was a battle whereby the Allies were taking new ground. You can't win a war if you don't take new ground. The reason why I chose an image of the Battle of the Bulge is because you also can't win a war if you give back the ground that was already won. And the Battle of the Bulge represents Hitler's best counter-offensive. And if it had been successful, who knows how World War II would have turned out. But those who were in the Battle of the Bulge endured. And the idea of endurance there is, is that everything that's coming against them just simply stand your ground. And their job was to simply not give way to the fierce onslaught that was coming. That's image number two. Maybe you resonated with that image. Image number three, this is of Captain America from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the reason why I picked this image, and you might have resonated with it, is all throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain America has a line he says over and over again, and it's, I can do this all day long. And the idea is, is he gets in lots of fist fights and he gets knocked down a lot. And he gets right back up and his response is, hey, look, you can keep coming at me, but I can do this all day long. I'm not going to back down from this fight. The idea that this resonates with me when it comes to endurance is that you do get knocked down a lot. Uh, that in the middle of the fight, uh, you get beat up, you get knocked down. And endurance is something about just getting back to your feet, just standing back up and saying, okay, I may get knocked down again, but I'm not giving up. I'm here. I can do this all day long. Image number four. Thankfully, this is not our experience currently. I was thinking to myself, I went out for a walk. Lisa and I went out for a walk this morning. It was a beautiful morning. And I thought, thank you, Lord, that this quarantine and all this stuff is not happening in the middle of a super severe winter. This picture reminds me, uh, these people fighting through the elements, the weather is outside their control. And many of the difficulties that we are forced to endure, COVID-19 and many, many others, they're simply outside our control. Now they're in God's control. We were reminded of that as we sang, the wind and waves still know his name. And sometimes, and if you think about the idea of this winter storm, God, the master of all weather has allowed it. He's allowed it to come into these people's lives. And so the idea is, is that sometimes enduring is recognizing things are outside our control. They're not the way we would have chosen for them to be, but we're simply moving forward in the midst of it and we're bracing ourselves to withstand and to weather the storm that we find ourselves in. Maybe you resonated with image number five. This represents the fact that often there are aspects of life that are chaotic and out of control. The reason why you can't have just one image when it comes to endurance, I think if you did, lots of people might pick the marathoner. The problem with the marathon runner is you know that there's an end point. And you may not think you're going to make it, but you can count to yourself, we're just going 26 miles. Now that's a lot. But you think every step is going to bring me closer to the end point. But sometimes we're asked to endure things when we have no idea if there's going to be an end point. We don't know when it's going to be over. 
And I think again about a mom. And if you look closely at the picture, the dad does not appear to be helping. The dad appears to be part of the problem. I think about the mom who's probably in her mind thinking, it's going to be like this for the rest of my life. And there is something about endurance which says, you know what? When you don't know when it's going to be over, we keep moving forward. We keep going. And there's some aspect of endurance, of chaos, of things that are outside our control when we don't know that when they're going to end. The sixth and final picture that you could have chosen from, I chose an older person going through rehab. And what this says to me is, is that there's especially something when you think about growing older, there's something that requires endurance with the idea of loss, that things that once came easily to us now are more difficult. Things that we once did without thinking now take a great amount of effort. There's something about endurance like a person in rehab where you're simply just trying to do just tiny things to keep moving forward, just tiny things to kind of make things better. And no one may know that you're doing them. And things that before you had done with ease, now they're painful. And there's some level of endurance to continue to fight, to continue to work, to continue to strive, to continue to do rehab, uh, perhaps when nobody is paying an attention. And when the idea is, is that old age is continuing to rob us of abilities and strength and power. These six images give us something of the idea of endurance. And I hope you found one that you were able to resonate with. All of them are important. I'd like to add a couple more thoughts to the kind of the fully orbed idea of endurance that comes from our passage. Paul says that we should be sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. So in addition to those six images, I want to add two more points from what Paul says here to help fill out our understanding of the concept of endurance. Paul says, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Too often we think of endurance as being a physical quality. And sometimes we allow that runner, the marathon runner, to define what endurance means for us. But the Bible qualifies endurance as a spiritual quality. Notice it goes with faith and with love. Faith, love, and endurance. And it's a spiritual character trait. It's a spiritual quality. It's something we want to grow in and have just like we want to grow in faith and in love. And in the midst of this trial and this difficulty, sometimes we can think, well, is endurance really that important? Notice Paul puts it with faith and love. These are major, major important things. The second thing that I'd like us to know about this is that word endurance, the Greek word is hupomone, there's an associated verb that goes with it and between the noun and the verb, they're used in the Bible all over the place. We may not recognize it as much because it's so common and it often gets translated not just with the word endurance, can also be used, the word can be steadfastness, wait patiently, uh, the word is sometimes translated that, be strong or stand firm, endure, persevere or perseverance, lots of words translating this one Greek idea and concept. 
But the thing I want us to understand and know is the verb form that goes with endurance, to endure, is in Greek an active verb. Now that's important. Why is it important? Sometimes we think of endurance as something that's passive. We look around in the world in which we find ourselves today. We've got all sorts of stuff going on with quarantine. We've got difficulties with the economy, with job loss, with health concerns, with all sorts of things. And if you're like me, you might feel a little bit cooped up in your house and you want to do something. You want to be active. You look around and you think people in the healthcare industry, they're doing things. Government officials are trying to make decisions. It feels like they're doing things. You might even see some of the videos that we've been doing at church and you're like, well, even the church people are, we're trying to do stuff too. And you might feel in your own home, like, what am I doing? Well, the thing you're doing is enduring. It's an active verb. It's something you're accomplishing. You might be thinking, but I should be doing, I should be serving, I should be going, I should be involved, I should be active. Please understand from the Bible's point of view, if you are enduring, you are active. You are doing something. This is why I think the battle of the bulge uh, image is so powerful, at least for me as I think through this. You see, on one hand, you can't win a war if you don't take new ground. And there is some sense in which that is currently happening. People are coming to faith through this. People are inviting their neighbors to watch online, to watch, to go to church uh, in new and fresh ways through technology. People are making meals or taking groceries to those who are elderly or those who are uh, locked in their homes or whatever it may be. There are people who are doing things. But you also can't win a war if you give back all the ground that's been won. And right now, God, who is the master and commander of all that's happening in the world, has asked us to not give ground. It doesn't do God or Jesus and his kingdom any good if all the Christians abandon our faith in the midst of this trial. It doesn't do Jesus any good if in the midst of the trial we give way to fear and we give way to doubt and we give, way, we give back all the ground that God has already won. There are times for taking new ground those will come again. There are also times for fighting to stand. And that's the season in which we find ourselves now. And so though nobody may see it, if you continue to endure day by day and not give ground, not give way to fear, not give way to doubt, not give way to selfishness, not give way to hatred, not give way to gossip, if you do that, you and I are doing something active to help the kingdom of God. There will come a day again in which we are not in such a defensive mode. We're taking new ground, but God is doing something big in the universe and the world today. And in order for him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, we've been assigned the task, don't give ground. And when we choose to obey, when we choose to endure, we are doing something active. I was reminded this week of John Milton. He wrote uh, Paradise Lost. He was a Christian from the 1600s. He also wrote a very famous sonnet at the end of his life. And the sonnet is called, When I Consider How My Light Is Spent. And he's reflecting back on the fact that 
At that point in his life, I don't think he could see. I'm not sure he could hear very well. He could do nothing for himself and he was being taken care of. This is the last line of that poem and I think it's very powerful. It's gone on to become somewhat famous. He says, they also serve who only stand and wait. That there is some activity that we are doing that is enduring. And so in addition to those six pictures, the Bible adds for us the idea that endurance is a spiritual quality. And it's something active that we're involved in. Well, that's what endurance is. I invite you, uh, take some time after the sermon, after the service. Uh, if you didn't have a chance, discuss some of those images again. Perhaps your small group will be meeting afterwards. Perhaps there'll be opportunities throughout this week to kind of reflect on those six images, on the things from Titus chapter two. But the question I'd like to spend the rest of our time talking about is how do you endure? We've talked about what is endurance, but how do you endure? We're in the midst of a very difficult trial as a city, as a state, as a country, and in the whole world. In addition, there are other trials that are going on. Some have lost their jobs. Some are going through health crises that have nothing to do with COVID-19. Others are going through just difficult mental illness or other kinds of situations. No matter what the trial may be, how do you and I endure and endure well? Let me offer six steps. Six steps that will help us endure whatever trial we might be facing. Step number one, confess your sins. Confess your sins. The Bible talks about sin as if it were a weight. There's a phrase in the Bible, loaded down with sins and guilt. And the problem with disobeying the Lord, the problem with sin and guilt is it's a weight that we carry on our shoulders. And there are none of us who are gonna make it through this trial without sin. Every day, all of us are going to give in to fear. We're gonna potentially snap at our kids for not doing well with their homeschooling. We're gonna give way to doubt. We're gonna give way to selfishness. Some of us are gonna fall back into bad patterns when it comes to food or pornography or alcohol or whatever it may be. The goal is not to get through this trial or any other trial without sin. The goal is to daily confess our sins. Hebrews 8 tells us that God has made a new covenant with us. And in this new covenant, he has promised that he will remember our sins no more. He will simply erase them from us. In other words, he will take the weight off of us. If you think back to that first picture of that endurance runner, imagine an endurance runner trying to run a marathon with heavy boots and coats and backpack and lots of weight. That's what we do when we try to run through this trial loaded down with guilt and with sin. And what God says to us is just come to me each morning or in the afternoon or in the evening. Give that weight to me. And so step one is to confess our sins, to say to God, look, I fell short. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the problems during trials is we're more easily tempted. We more easily give way to sin. 
We're in the midst of the wilderness and some of the things like social friendships and relationships that would help hold sin at bay are not present. And so we're more likely in the midst of this to give way to sin. The problem is, is those sins and guilts will weigh us down and we will lose strength. And God says, just come to me, just confess them. I've already paid for them. Jesus has paid the price. So step one to enduring, confess your sins. Step two, let go of that which does not last. Hebrews 10 says, you suffered along with those in prison. And listen to this next phrase. And joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you know, knew that you yourselves had, a better, had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to, and here's our word, persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. If you think about that image from the Battle of the Bulge and you think about those soldiers who made it through that battle with their lives, there's lots that they had to give up. There were lots of possessions. I'm sure that they were lost. Probably even in the midst of the battle, there were things that they would have liked to have with them or liked to have saved that got lost in the midst of that. Some may have even lost limbs. Some may have even lost uh, some relationships or engagement, the opportunity to be in contact with people from home, those sorts of things. But in the midst, what they emerged with is they emerged with their life. They emerged with victory. They emerged with triumph over an evil enemy. They emerged with character that was built in the fires of difficulty. During this trial, there are going to be things that we lose. People are already experiencing loss. There can be loss of, hey, I already worked pretty hard in this semester and now my grades, they might be gone. I might do worse on the SAT or might not get into the college that I wanted to go into. There can be loss of job. There can be economic loss. There can be loss of relationships uh, during the current season. There's all sorts of loss. What God is saying is, look, if you try to hold on to that stuff, you're gonna get tired. And there is something about enduring that, hey, look, this is a fight. We're in the middle of a fight. You gotta let go of the stuff that doesn't last. There are things that do last and they will last for eternity. And when we let go of possessions, when we even let go of jobs, when we let go of grades or whatever it may be, it's easier to hold on to the things that do matter. And so the step two, if we're going to endure well, there are gonna be some things we're gonna to have to let go of so that we can hold on to that which really matters. Step three to enduring or enduring well, turn and face the fight. This is why I put the image of Captain America in there. You know, he's got a shield. A shield doesn't do any good if you're running away. A shield is only designed to protect an attack from the front. We too have armor from God. We're gonna talk about that in just a moment. But the armor only covers the front side. If you turn and run from the fight, that's what Satan wants us to do. That's because our backside is exposed. That's when he goes for the kill. But the idea is, this is the fight. We might not have chosen it, but this is the fight. The fight is quarantine. The fight is fear. The fight is economics. 
The fight is the difficulty in the health situation. The fight is the depression or the discouragement. This is the fight. And yes, we're going to get knocked down. And yes, there are going to be some days that don't go very well, but we got to get back up and say, look, this is the fight. And in humility and in obedience, I accept the fight. I accept that this is what God has allowed into my life. This is what God has allowed into the life of this church. This is what God has allowed into the life of this country. Here I am. I'm ready for the fight. If we turn and run, if we try to hide, we will not endure. God says, now is the day. Stand. This is the fight. Stand. Stand your ground. And when you get knocked down, Stand back up. When Monday doesn't go well, confess your sins, let go of the things that don't matter as much, and on Tuesday, get back up and accept this is the fight. I don't know how long it will last. Nobody does except the Lord. And so step three is to turn and face the fight and say in the Lord's strength and power, I can do this all day long. Step number four, I alluded to it already. Put on the armor of God. See, the armor is super great, but it only works if you're facing in the right direction. So step three is to get us facing in the right direction towards the fight. Step four is put on the armor of God. I'd encourage you, perhaps you have more time on your hands like the rest of us. Go back and listen to the sermons that we did from Ephesians 6 on the armor of God. If you're not able to do that, or perhaps it's even just better, Read Ephesians 6. Read through that with the idea of what's going on. In Ephesians 6, there are six pieces of armor. There's a helmet, there's a breastplate, there's a belt, there's shoes, there's a sword, there's a shield. Different pieces of armor given for different uh, events, different seasons, different reasons, different things we might be facing. Go through even on a daily basis and clothe yourself in that armor. Remember, This is Jesus's armor that he's giving to us. It's the armor of God. It's the armor that Jesus wore to endure a trial far worse than anything we'll ever come in contact with. This armor works. And if you find yourself struggling with thoughts, put on the helmet of salvation. Meditate on what that might mean. If you're struggling with doubts in the midst of this, take up the shield of faith. If you're listening to lies and deception and half-truths that you might get from media or from rumors that are spreading, put on the belt of truth. God has given us his armor, and in his armor, we can stand. This is why I use that image of the people who are out in the middle of the blizzard, the winter storm. Blizzards go a lot better if you wear your coat, your gloves, your boots, your hat. You're able to endure. So it is with this spiritual battle. God has given us his armor. As we wear his armor on a daily basis, facing the direction of the fight, the helmet, the shield, the belt, the shoes, the sword, the breastplate, they work. This is Jesus's own armor. And he's giving it to you and I every day for this fight. Step number five. Look through the onslaught to what is on the other side. This is why I included the picture of the mom who looks like she's losing her mind with her 
There's actually more kids in that picture. We had to kind of crop it down so it would fit so you could see it. But if you look carefully at that image, you're going to see that there's more than just the kids that are causing the problem. The dad seems to be acting like a kid as well. But I think that for most parents, uh, like in our situation, when you're in the midst of that young child phase, you think, man, am I ever going to make it through this? But part of what keeps you going is you realize these sacrifices will come back to be a blessing. There will be a season in which you're out of this phase in which it is just thoroughly, physically exhausting and chaotic. And you look through those and that enables you to endure what's happening now. There are difficult things going on in our world today. There are difficult things going on in your life. But on the other side of those, we've said it over and over again, there are blessings. People will come to faith through this. It's already happening. It's going to continue to happen. God will build his kingdom. He's already doing it. He will continue to do it. We will not always be in a defensive, enduring posture. There is going to come time in which God is going to do great things. There is character that is being forged in the fires of adversity here that will pay dividends for a long time. There is heavenly rewards that is happening. That's why Paul says, our light and momentary struggle struggles. Come on, Paul, this is hard. Our light and momentary struggles are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. It's not that these times aren't hard. They are hard. Paul says, if you can look through these to what's coming in heaven, if you can look through these to the character that's being developed, if you can look through these to what God has promised that he will do, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God will be with us. And in the end, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. If you can look through the trouble now to the blessing that's coming, it will help you to endure. And then step six, step six. Allow God to strengthen you. The reason I put up that picture of the older person getting rehab is because sometimes we need help to do it. There's a nurse's aide or a rehab technician uh, coming alongside and helping uh, that person with the rehab that they're doing. So too, you and I need help to endure. One of the problems with endurance as we think about it conceptually is again, we so often think of the marathon runner. And I told you last week, this virus and all that we're going through in many ways is like a pop quiz. Another way to say it, it's like a pop marathon. (laughs) We didn't sign up for this marathon. We didn't train for this marathon. We didn't know that it was coming. And if you're like me, if you suddenly got signed up to run a marathon tomorrow, if you're like me, you would be like, well, that's just never gonna happen. I might get to mile one or mile two, but I will be dead before I get to the end of this. That's the problem when we think about endurance from a physical characteristic point of view. But the truth about endurance in the Bible is it's less like that, like you either have endurance or you don't. You're either in shape to run a marathon or you're not. In the Bible, it functions much more like the cell charge on your phone or the gas tank in your car, meaning endurance can be topped up. Endurance can be filled up. That in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the race, you can have more endurance. How? Well, because the Bible talks about a parallel concept that we don't have in marathon races. 
The parallel concept is being strengthened. That's why God says, be strong, be strengthened, be encouraged. What that means is, is in the middle of whatever we're going through, the rehab, the difficulty, the struggles, God sends provisions to refill us with endurance. That if your endurance levels are running low, God strengthen us for the fight that's coming. It's not that you have a certain amount of endurance and once that's done, you're done. I know the feeling you can think about, well, we're on lockdown. How long is this going to go? Are schools going to be canceled now, it looks like, for the rest of the year? How that... And the fear is, is look, I only have enough endurance to get through the next two weeks. I don't have enough endurance to handle the week after that or the month after that. Please hear the good news of Jesus. Endurance doesn't work that way. Every day, God fills us up with strength. And so step six, allow God to re-strengthen you every day. And whether that's a note from a friend groceries delivered to your doorstep, a meal that's made for you, a prayer that's offered, a devotional that comes at just the right time, a humorous story that causes you to laugh. These are God's gifts, refilling our endurance. And if tomorrow all the endurance you got from this sermon or from this service or from this day is gone, pray. And ask the Lord to strengthen you again and accept the provisions that he gives each and every day. This is why Lamentation says, God's mercies are new every morning. None of us could endure if we were asked to run the whole race of life with whatever energy we had at the beginning. And so along the way, God continues to fill us up. So as you think through endurance... It's a fully orbed idea, a spiritual concept, an active verb. There are six steps to do to endure well. And there's a beautiful passage in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 that sums it up all nicely. Let me take us through it quickly. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders That's step two, let go of the things that do not have lasting and eternal value. And the sin that so easily entangles, that's step one, confess our sins daily to the Lord to be free from that weight and that guilt. Let us run with perseverance, that's our word, the race marked out for us, that's step three, turn and face the fight. This is the race that was marked out for us. Your race looks a little bit like my race. We're all in a similar situation, but there are certain things about your race that are different than mine. There are certain things about how your job is going to work out versus how my job is going to work out. Your finances, my finances, your family, my family, there's lots of differences. Your health, God has marked out a race for each one of us. And in this passage, it says, turn and run that race. Face the fight. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That's step four. Put on Jesus' armor. He's already fought this fight. He's already perfected the armor that is being given to us. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's step five. 
look through the difficulties, through the cross, through the shame, to what's on the other side. And then step six, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That God himself, through the person of Jesus, will be giving us the strength and the endurance to make it day after day. I pray that these verses, these steps, these images would be an encouragement to you that they would fill your heart with courage. They would fill you with strength so that you can not grow weary, not lose heart, but persevere. Let's pray together. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, seek us out online at calvarygr.org. On our website, you can also find